0: I had something good to talk about. I thought, I'll keep that for the podcast. I won't even mention it to Matt, so it seems nice and fresh. But I've I've just gone and forgotten it completely. No,
1: we've got to do better than that. We've got to do better than that. That's awful. No, we've lost the listener. We're only 30 seconds in.
0: to the Wheel of Sports, home of the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with me is...
1: It's Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery. Hello, listener. Hello, Ian. Yes, hello, Matt. Let me get this wheel spinning, straight into it. Get the it.
0: wheel spinning. So, Matt, have noticed that you're wearing a nice soccer shirt there. It looks very interesting. I can't quite read the badge.
1: Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift from my partner. Uh, it's St. Patrick's uh, Athletic. Uh, A Dublin-based team, and uh, yeah, I'm going to get behind St. Pat's. It'd be great on St. Paddy's Day. (laughs) Who would have
0: guessed that St. Patrick's Athletic were based in Dublin? Oh,
1: it's yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely delighted with this. A bit of a niche shirt, but uh, very, very proud of it. Uh, Ian, the wheel has stopped spinning, and it's. I'm going to take this one on. Uh, It's going to be. It's out of bounds. Um, and this this is a story of of corruption. Deceit It ends in death We talk about a country's presidency You know, it's got a bit of everything Um, And I love it I know you love it when it goes sort of a bit beyond the uh, the field of play.
0: Man, to be honest, if I could uh, eradicate the word "sport" from this podcast, yeah, exactly. Happy, you know, <laughs> just talk about the politics, the revolutions, overthrowing. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to hear about. So, oh, I'm fantastic. really excited about this. What? So, well, this is this sounds st- a lot to pack into half an hour. So,
1: well, this is the story of Hansi Cronje. Um He's a South African, South African cricketer. Um, so he grew up um, in uh, Bluefontein in South Africa, um, but it's important to mention first of all that he grew up uh, during the apartheid in a white area. Okay, now th- th- this is part of the story later. Now it's not a key part, but it's just just a detail to bear in mind. Now his parents were teachers. Um, his father was was very keen on sport. His whole family were keen on sport, really. But it was through his father that he got into cricket. And he had this dream of of representing South Africa at an international level in cricket. Now, the problem was, as as you're probably aware, in the 80s, because of the apartheid regime, South Africa were banned from all international sports. So there's not really anyone to play against because every you know the international community's turned its back on South African sports. So um, we we've covered an episode on the. Uh, south african world cup and um, previously and 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 sort of this exile at south african sport w- w- you know was, were undergoing because of the disgusting uh, apartheid regime hey
0: i'm sure uh, i'm sure the band the music group queen would have played cricket against them brian may and wicket you know they they uh Disobeyed the the boycott to play a concert in South Africa during the apartheid. Just, I I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still not got over that much, clearly. It's, it's be, be, been dead years, um, <laughs> but it's the in in the nineties uh, Mandela's freed from prison and, and apartheid ends and, and basically the sporting exile is is over. So this twenty years of cricket isolation is ended. And, and that's coming at a time uh, when Hansi Cronje is, well, he's sort of reaching an age where he'd be eligible to start to play for South Africa. And, and you know, he's, he's pretty good and he, he gets selected. Um, so he's, he's selected, he's a, he's a young lad, but he's captained at his school. And one of his first moments, uh, sort of notable moments throughout his career, was he was playing Australia who at this time are like one of the best in the world. Australia have got Warren, McGraw, Lee, all these great, great players of cricket. And they're playing against the South African team who are, you know, they've got some handy players, but ultimately they're completely inexperienced at, at this level. So they're not really expected to to sort of do too much, but actually they do very, very well. And... That this particular uh, series against the Australians, it's, it's actually drawn, which is which is an incredible result. Um, but there's a moment where they've been bowled out pretty cheaply. Um, Australia only need to get forty four runs. They've got six batsmen remaining, which for people who maybe don't don't know how cricket scoring works, is is very. Uh, you'd expect that to be very achievable. Very modest target to get, and then the South African captain has broken his finger so and 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 again it's important to note that in cricket the captain is probably more influential and more important than in most other sports more in cricket, the captain is arguably more important than the coach or the manager because during the the game it's the captain who chooses where the fielders uh, stand. So the fielders are the guys trying to catch the ball. So he sets those positions. He or she um, selects uh, which, which bowlers to use. So that's the guy who's, who's, who's bowling the ball and, and each bowler has a different trait. Some are fast, some, some spin it, some bend it. So the captain has all of these tactics um, and is very, very influential during the play. And you know, obviously the coach or the manager's You know, back in the stands and can't easily communicate. So it's 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 a huge role. So for the captain of South Africa to break his finger is is massive. As I say, Australia only need a a pretty modest target uh, to win. And Hansie steps up. He's a junior, inexperienced player, but he's calm. He's collected, and South Africa win from what seems like really an impossible position. And that's sort of his announcement onto the the world stage, if you like. You know, from there on in his life is transformed and it's not long after that that he uh, Hansie Cronje is actually actually becomes the permanent captain of South African cricket which is which is a huge role and uh, as as i say it's just such a key position you know it's not ceremonial like maybe in soccer or other sports where you know you shake hands and and not much else in cricket being the captain is it, it's an essential it's a huge, huge part of the job. It's massive, in fact.
0: It's kind of like being a captain of a ship. You know, you yeah. actually you have real responsibility, And you've got, if it's ships going down, you've got to be the last one off. Yeah. Like, you've got to really put your neck on the line. But is is that true, that that one performance really was the catalyst? Did that just
1: him? No, 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 no. I mean, it, it, it elevated him. It elevated him. It didn't, it, it, you know, it's not that one moment... Uh, in isolation, you know, obviously he was already playing for the team. It wasn't his debut. He he'd played play previously, but you know, it, that sort of uh, captaincy, the way he was so calm, uh, you know, and facing down some pretty unlikely odds to to get a win against Australia, a really strong Australian side, um, really helped his cause. And, you know, he was popular amongst the group. Uh, the players liked him. One of the things that's important about him and now we're sort of up to '94 when Nelson Mandela is now the president, uh, and and South Africa is going through this strange political time where, you know, civil war is definitely a, a, a possibility. You know the the the, the sort of uh, to use to use the term uh, in South Africa, the coloureds, um, you know, often black or mixed race people, uh, as opposed to the whites. There's a huge divide and, and people a lot of these white people would have seen Mandela as a terrorist, that's what they knew him as. you know he'd been in, in prison and, and and Mandela's trying to unite these the, the races, the nation you know it's it's hugely problematic. Um, Hansi Cronje is a, is a white man, and Mandela sees Hansi as a role model for whites for white people um, he talks Mandela talks up. Uh, Hansi Cronje um, talks up his ability to help unite the country. He Really puts him on a massive pedestal, and you know it's 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 not just within the cricketing world. It's not just within his team that Hansi Cronje is seen as a as an important person. It's it's nationally. You know, sport during the post-apartheid era is huge. It's it's so important. And Mandela, you know, one of his great traits. Was that he got that he understood he embraced um, the rugby he embraces the cricket you know historically white sports you know able to to sort of bring people together because cricket is at this at this time and truthfully probably still is uh, very dominated by uh, white people it's a, it's a sort of seen in South Africa as a white person sport so Mandela brings this uh, well I suppose pressure in a way but brings this responsibility to Hansi Cronje and Hansi Cronje is doing so well you know he's they start winning around the world they're winning test matches which are long that's the long format of cricket where the game lasts up to five days Um, and as well as the one-day games the one-day internationals South Africa are doing great things Um, Hansi Cronje is a star and he's you know really sort of being celebrated one of the things that Hansi Cronia dis just, just, you know, he as I mentioned earlier, he's from a, a white area, Bloemfontein. He he did not he wasn't pro apartheid, nor was his family. They were against it. And uh Hanzi actually went to South African cricket, uh, to the to the sort of management and the board and the CEO, and he complained that there were no black players being represented. Um and he saw that as problematic. You know, how are you going to unite the country, uh, you know, a large non-white population behind the cricket when we're not representing those those peoples? You,
0: you might not be able to answer this, Matt, but I, what occurred to me is, you know, if if you've, if a certain sector of the population has been frozen out from a sport, from playing it legitimately, professionally, nationally, then. Where are you going to get those players from? Because presumably, uh, you know, the, the black players uh, might not be up to the standard because they simply haven't had the... Theoretically, they haven't had the exposure, the, the level of competition, etc. Do you know, the black people play in, uh, in cricket in South Africa or were they... Was there any organised teams?
1: It was popular. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it wasn't probably the most popular, but there'd be there'd be people playing it certainly, and there'd be a level of interest. And I think when Mandela says this is great, you know, a lot of a lot of people would follow that. Um, and 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 you know, there's a there's a player called Herschel Gibbs who's the first player to be selected um, who wouldn't have been eligible under the uh, apartheid rules. So under Hansi Cronje's uh, captaincy um there's a guy uh, a player called Herschel Gibbs who who ends up being selected so that's sort of a sign and a you know a bit of a he's not there to make up the numbers though it's important to mention Herschel Gibbs there on on his talent you know he's there uh, on merit it's not some sort of quota but it but it is obviously important and it's a sign that maybe things are moving beyond apartheid and and you know this sort of rainbow nation that they talk about is actually maybe being realized which is which is great, but also, as well as all the successes on the field and sort of trying to heal this nation, Hansi Cronje is also a sponsor's dream. You know, he's a he's a, he's a good-looking guy, you know, who's who's having all of this success, and he starts earning millions of rand a year in, in advertising and promotions and associations with certain brands, and it's... It's a big thing for him, this, because now the money is coming in, you know, and, and the money is through endorsements rather than through uh, the money he'd be paid to be a the captain of South African cricket team. The money is from other uh, associations, you know, through sponsorships primarily.
0: As they were saying, as they were saying cricket, Matt,
1: he was on a good wicket. <laughs> he was on a good <laughs> wicket, correct. He was doing all right. <laughs> he was doing he was doing well. Um, financially now there's an interesting moment come we sort of jump forward a little bit now to January 2000
0: can I just say before you you begun this podcast with like a lot of sensation and at this point this is just like a lovely story of like a guy who grew up in a white background apartheid South Africa grows up is able enough to be good enough to you know beat the Australians and uh, become the darling of a nation earn some money on the way, go to the cricket board, say, hey, lads, can we have a bit of a quality, you know, at least let some uh, people play, earn some money, be a poster boy, happy days. I mean, all that stuff you said at the start,
1: <laughs> It's this going to take a, take a turn? It's, here comes the turn. Uh, well sensed. So we jump forward to January 2000. Now, there's a test match between England and South Africa. Now, as I said, uh, a test match can last up to five days, and each team has two two goes at getting a score. So it's called their innings. So that means you, each each player goes out and has a go with the bat, uh, trying to create a score. And then those two scores are added together, and that's your your cumulative total is your team's score. So what happened was on the first day, um, South Africa went out to bat. Uh, and at the end of the day, they hadn't actually finished. So that's that's normal. You know, it can last. You can bat for as long as you like. Um, but at the end of the first day, South Africa are still batting. And then there's three days of rain. So day two, day three, and day four are totally rained out. And you can't play cricket in the rain. It, it it's it's not it's not possible.
0: It's dangerous, Matt.
1: It's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. So so as a consequence. You're now going into day five, which is the final day of the test. And unfortunately, that means it's going to be a draw. OK, because because you would still need to finish the South African innings. So their first innings, then have in England's first, then South Africa's second and then England's second. So there's three possible results. But with only a day left, everybody knows that the only likely outcome now is a draw. And that's. It's boring for the fans, and it's a disappointment, but it's, it's a natural part of Test cricket. That is just something that, you know, Test cricket fans love. And one of the reasons it's, it's put on such a high pedestal and, and so popular with the fans is because it's very difficult to get a win, and things like rain can create draws. There's no, there's no extra time. It doesn't go on to, you know, a sixth or seventh for eighth day. If you get three days of rain, that's it. That's your luck unfortunately that's the end of it so and that's why a lot of people maybe don't it's not the sport for them because they think well how silly is this anyway
0: P- particularly uh, people who have television rights
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Who are
0: like you know what we've we've supposed to have this on all day for three days and it's it's raining it's drizzle
1: doesn't make for much in highlight show does it
0: I just love the idea of trying to sell it to an American network come on lads well, what happens if it rains?
1: <laughs> so, so they so 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 just with that context, uh, as I said, England are playing South Africa. We're heading towards the we're in the fifth day, and a draw is the only possible outcome. When suddenly Hansi Cronje speaks to the England captain Nasser Hussain, and they come up with an idea. Or Hansi Cronje proposes, "Why don't I declare?" Now that's an option where the any batting team can just stop playing. And say, you know what, we we believe we've got enough points, enough runs. Now your go, because we, you know, and you sort of do that strategically, trying to make sure there's enough time in the game to get a result so you can win it. And you know, you put them into bat and then try and get them all out before the end of the day, before the end of the match.
0: So, so if if he declares and says, right, we've we're done with our go. And then England go into bat, but you've got to try and get England out before they reach your score. Well,
1: well, well, that would be the idea. What he says is, we'll declare now, then you declare, then we'll declare again, and then we'll and then we'll have a go trying to get you out. So we're going to forego two of the four innings. So that you know, as I said, South Africa, England, South Africa, England. Instead, it's going to go South Africa blank blank England. So we're going to reduce this down. To a match, and now all results are possible. All of a sudden, and the England team initially are a bit no, no, no. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Nasser say not having it because he feels like there's he says, this is a bit of a trap. But eventually, the 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 sort of total, the negotiated total that, that Hansi Krone is proposing, ends up coming down to only two hundred and forty nine, which is which is a pretty modest uh, target. And Nasser Hussein, the England team, say, you know what? Yeah, we think we could get 249. Let's have a go then. So they do. So, so South Africa stopped playing at 249. England declare on zero. Then South Africa declare on zero. And now England go in, needing 249 to win. This has never happened. There's never been in the history of cricket, in 125 years of cricket, a precedent. This has never happened. But from the fans' point of view... And from the te- you know, the television network's point of view, this is excellent. This this there's a game <laughs> on our hands. Suddenly, all three results, draw, win and loss, are possible. But the draw has gone from being very likely to being very unlikely. And now we're looking at it going, Well, England or South Africa are gonna win this and look, it's a good game, it's pretty close, but in the end, England win it. And the game's been brought to life here, and it's generally well-received. Um, but this, this is obviously a bit, a bit suspicious. Now, I say it's suspicious maybe with hindsight. At the time, nobody really was saying match-fixing or, or rigging. However, this is, the, this is sort of what actually happened. The night before, or, one, or during uh, this sort of day two, three, and four, when it was being rained off, a bookmaker in South Africa was out for dinner. And they're talking about, you know, how how likely it is that there's going to be a draw. And you can't make any money on this because it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a draw. So, you know, the bookies are all fed up. And one of the bookmakers sort of says, I wonder if we could uh, make some money here. So he calls, he phones up South African Cricket and South Africa and he says to them, Can I get Hansi Cronje's number, please? He explains that he is a businessman who wants to make a donation to charity if there were to be a declaration. And they give him his number. So Hansi Kronya's phone number is given to the bookmaker. <laughs> it is crazy. He should never have been this close to him. South African cricket give the bookmaker, who says he is a businessman, he give phone number. Hansi Kronya answers. And says, yeah, sure, come up to my hotel room. We'll discuss it. So the bookmaker's up in the hotel room talking to him about it. And Hansi Cronier says, yeah, okay, you know what? This sounds really exciting. It'd be great to give some money to a charity. Great to get a result. I'm a, I'm up for it. So he ends up taking this deal to Nasser Hussein. Now, no money, it's worth mentioning, no money was ever given to charity, okay? That was just a falsehood. But what, and what's a, what is established here is a Bookmaker and Hansi Cronje are now friends. And Hansi Cronje, whilst he, he maintains he didn't match-fix because he didn't make South Africa lose or England win that test, to my mind, and to, to a lot of uh, observers' minds, he did, he did match-fix because he took away one of the three possibilities. The three sporting possibilities should be win, lose or draw. He got rid of the draw. So that is tampering with the sport, and you know, yeah, yeah. So
0: he, he, he tampered with the conditions of the sport, didn't he? So whether you know, like the conditions that w- w- how that outcome could have possibly been played. So, it, it, but also, what's going? First off, what's going through the South African <laughs> cricket board's mind? Bananas. Going, isn't oh it? yeah. I will just give you his number, and then secondly. Isn't Hansi Kron, you're just going, well, who's this guy, you know, calling me on my number and, and he's asking me to change the outcome of a sport? You'd think like, all right, mate. Yeah, see you later. Don't call me again. But to actually give him an ear, yeah, to, to give him an ear and to go, oh, okay, that sounds like a, a good idea. And then also to to have the front to go to the England captain. Nasser Hussein, and propose this idea that's never happened before. To propose it seems bonkers to me.
1: Nasser Hussein rejected Hansi Kronje's suggestions three times in a row. It's worth mentioning it. He had nothing to do with any of this. Hansi Kronje was the one who wanted to, and ultimately, from Nasser Hussein's point of view, he was like, well, no, we'll, we'll draw, but if you want to declare, you know, twice, ultimately and we feel we can get your score, then yeah, we'll go for it, which ultimately, it, it, it proves wise by Nasser Hussain, and a good negotiation, because he was able to get the win, um, so, anyway, look, four months later, it's all over, uh, for Hansi, they, the next series, uh, the next uh, time they play, is in India, and, in India, at that time, I think, maybe still today, betting on cricket is illegal, um, so it's all underground, it's, it's a, it's a sort of pretty murky uh, black market. You know, it's still there, though. And uh, at the end of this uh, series, this tour, when South Africa leave, um, the Delhi police uh, register a case of, um, of fraud uh, and, and corruption um, against the, some of the Indians and also the South African teams. Basically, it's match-fixing allegations. Hansi Kronje denies it. Um, and initially... He's absolutely supported by South African cricket. You know, the cricketing world is reeling, but, you know, the whole world's in disbelief, but it's met, these accusations are met with indignation and disbelief, to the point where the South African government write a strongly worded letter to the Indian government demanding an explanation. How dare you, you know, accuse our our poster boy without giving us the evidence, well...
0: Well, well. to be honest about it, though, Matt, let's just pick up that the South Africans did imprison Mahatma Gandhi, so I think the Indians can say, come on, mate, you imprisoned Mahatma Gandhi. It's one each. One each. I'm not um, sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I'm willing to go with the edgy gear, but... Uh, <laughs> the, just, just before we come to that con- conclusion, Matt, what puzzles me as well is that I can kind of understand people doing corrupt things and taking money, you know, for, for match fixing in dark alleyways and things like that. But this seems to be a strange thing that Hansi Cronje... Like these games are watched by millions upon millions of people, particularly the Indian audience. It's like it's it's highly scrutinized. Like people pour over the game, they pour over the the actions, everything. Like he's not, he's kind of doing it in plain sight. Is that a fair assumption?
1: Yeah, I think with, the, with with cricket though, it's possible to bet on so many unusual things. It's not a case that you just bet on the win or the loss or the draw. You know, you can bet on. Will the next uh, ball be a wide? You know. So if you you could just say to the bowler, just bowl a wide. It doesn't affect the result. You know. Over the course of the day, hundreds hundreds of balls are thrown, or um, bowled, and 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 for one wide or one one little sort of minutia detail it doesn't mean anything in terms of the grand context of a of a battle that can last five days. But obviously, to the betting audience, it it certainly does matter. And look, as I said. The tape, the, the Indian police did have tapes. So, sort of the you know Hansi Kornia's denial, initial denial. It starts to the news starts to tighten a little bit, um, and you know his dad starts to doubt him even, and, and you know people start to look at him a bit differently. And, and look, in the end, the pressure gets too much. So Hansi actually calls the team manager uh, at three a.m. Uh, and says, "Look, you need to come and talk to me. I, I actually." Well, he admits that he's accepted money from a bookmaker, but he denies match-fixing, match OK? So he's fired for being dishonest. Uh, he's brought shame to the game. You know, he's one of the most highly regarded people in South Africa. And there's something called the King Commission Inquiry, which is uh, this guy King is going to investigate, and they end up doing it live on TV, you know? So it, it's, it's got huge interest, OK? So this uh, the, this inquiry, this commission... That's looking into match fixing uh, in South Africa is is huge. They end up agreeing uh, with Hansi Cronje n- to forego any criminal proceedings, so he'll be immune from criminal proceedings uh, in exchange for full disclosure and and sort of full transparency because they really need to understand what you know how deep is this problem within cricket you know what what's going on here. So he's immune. And he ends up admitting that he accepted uh, fifty thousand rand from, a, which is about uh, f- three to five grand uh, in British money, uh, from a bookmaker um, for interfering. Now, and, and that was in a leather jacket. Now, he he maintains he didn't match fix, but you know, it, it certainly uh, it certainly did. But throughout the the inquiry, obviously, other people were called, other players, colleagues of his. And Herschel Gibb, um, the the young man who wasn't eligible to play under the apartheid regime, he sort of gave some of the most explosive testimony. He said that uh, Hansi Cronje came to him in a hotel room, and offered him fifteen thousand rand if he scored less than twenty runs when he was batting, and then his his uh, roommate Williams, Henry Williams, uh, also agreed to doing that, and that was in March two thousand. Now. Gibbs didn't go through with it, and Henry Williams went off injured. Uh, Williams denies uh, that the offer was made, but, but Gibbs. So Gibbs ended up going on to get seventy four. As a result of that, Herschel Gibb then testified that Hansi Cronje came to him and said, "My friend, was he the bookmaker, had lost twenty million dollars as a result of Herschel Gibb getting seventy four when he was when he was tempted to when he was told." to only get under 20. So that was huge. And and Herschel Gibbon and, and Henry Williams, they were two non-white players. And that was massive as well. You know, we're talking about this uh, post-apartheid, you know, sort of rainbow nation, people coming together. And the idea that Hansi Cronje is now corrupting these players, it, 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 you know, that's, that's totally problematic because, you know, he's supposed to be bringing people in uh, uniting the nation, and actually, he's he's corrupting them. And uh, both of those players were suspended. Another teammate um, called Darrell Cullinan. Uh, he was, he testified that the team were offered two hundred and fifty grand to lose. But but what's interesting is he he still felt Cullinan in the same testimony talks about Hansi Cronje is a great captain and a great leader. And that's what's really interesting about this. Hansi Cronje admits. To feeding information to bookmakers he admits to loving money he admits uh you know to 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 receiving money from bookmakers he denies the match fixing and he's banned for life but but the but people still love him there's there's a forgiveness which is remarkable and you know some of the South African players like, sort of see it that you know he didn't kill anybody and at that time. You know, coming out of apartheid, a lot of people had killed people. You know, there'd been these murders. And and for South Africa to move forward and Nelson Mandela, they had to uh, sort of campaign for peace and forgiveness and um, acceptance that people weren't perfect and people made mistakes. And that was how the world was going to move on. You can't sort of carry these vendettas or else the nation's never going to heal and never move forward. So maybe that explains why even though Hansi Krone was um guilty and banned he still is held in high regard even now you know there's still social media groups um you know that that are you know fan groups basically um he's still seen as a as a as a bit of a, a darling um there was uh, I think he was he he came eleventh in the most uh, the greatest South African of all time or something like that. Like here in a poll from the people, it's it's remarkable um, how popular he is. I mean, look, two years after this, he he actually was killed in a in an airplane crash, which which is obviously very sad. And and but but you know the funeral and uh, and sort of the mourning afterwards was was huge, and it's it just sort of goes to show, I guess the. Uh, the forgiveness that people are capable of,
0: yeah, and I suppose that that um that level of what we would see as a crime that brought really international cricket into disrepute and affected the integrity of the the whole sport to still see kind of the the human behind it uh for its positive impact, I suppose. It's, and it strikes me as well, it's not a lot of money. Like those figures that you talked about, you'd expect if he's getting paid a lot from sponsorship deals, cetera, it seems like a very much a drop in the ocean for, for what, to me, seems like a huge breach of y- your integrity. And uh, and and that bit that you said, Matt, I, I'm amazed that uh, the money came in a leather jacket. So I was thinking, wow, that bribe is better dressed than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Well, the bookmaker said, the way the bookmaker explained it was, "Oh, I've bought this leather jacket for my wife, but it's in the wrong size. Maybe you could give it to your wife." And in the pocket was all the money. So, yeah, look, I mean, it's 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 obviously not not good, uh, but it's it's just it's just remarkable, I think. And yeah, obviously. obviously. As I say, it covers all, all aspects of society there, Ian, which I know you're a big, big fan of.
0: Yeah, an amazing time in history as well, and, and that pressure as well and uh, to take a nation from uh, apartheid out of it, uh, play a part in that, which uh, Cronia clearly did. Um amazing story matt thanks for that thanks for you listener as well for tuning in to another episode of the wheel of Sports. if you want to get in touch with us please do so the of sport at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at the wheel of sport or instagram at the wheel of sport um matt it's been a pleasure once again what was this? Uh, we love hearing from people so uh, please do get in touch and join us next time share the episodes with your friends maybe we've got plenty of episodes now please actually do this now Just share your favourite episode with somebody who you think would enjoy it. We'd much appreciate that. That's how things like this grow is word of mouth. So please do it. And uh, we'll catch you next time for another Wheel of Sport. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Ian. Leather jackets. 1990s all over that. (laughs) Ha ha ha